Our guest today comes from the world of real estate and finance, which is not really a direct path to menstrual health products and services. But what makes Tang Bo Ta even more unique is that he's creating a solution for menstruation and he has never menstruated. Often we see in this space, people who have had negative experiences or don't like the materials or are coming up with different solutions, but they've actually had menstrual cycles. He brings an entirely different approach and has created literally a new. And I don't want to suggest that somebody who hasn't menstruated themselves personally can't have a certain sympathy and uh, gravitas towards making a perfect menstrual product. But I think the coolest part of this business is that he is literally starting from the ground up to create something that doesn't exist yet. He took the best from the tampon world, the pad world, and the unmet needs and requests from the menstruating world and put them all together in his company. Tang Bota means business. 2020 was a huge year for him. His company got FDA approval uh, for the product, the Tamp Liner, and he was also recognized, the company and the product was recognized as one of the best inventions of 2020 by Time Magazine. So, you know, Rachel, one thing that I just want to bring up is that one of the main concerns I hear from women in my office about the menstrual products and such that they're using is that they don't always trust it for their flow. So some women who use tampons are afraid it's going to leak around. Some women who use pads are afraid things may leak through. Some women are doubling up on products and really adding to their cost. But more than anything, they've got this mental uh, fear that they can't get through their day to day because they may have uh, leakage. So this is something that I think is finally being addressed. Welcome to the business of the V. Hello, friends and colleagues. I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck. And I'm Rachel Braunschirl. Each week, we bring you the most fascinating investors, inventors, entrepreneurs, academics, and healthcare practitioners who are making things happen in women's sexual and reproductive health. If you are a woman, know a woman, have a business, or care about your V health and wellness, fasten your seatbelts and listen in to another informative and inspiring episode. We're thrilled to welcome our guest today, Tang Vota, CEO and founder of Calli. It's an exciting and award-winning company. Uh, Tang brings a wealth of experience from unrelated fields like investment banking and real estate to the world of menstrual health. So we're just gonna jump right in. Uh, welcome Tang, thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Rachel and Alyssa. Really privileged to be here. Hope you're doing well, thank you. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. You're clearly a man in a menstrual world. How does someone go from investment banking and real estate to period care as, you know, a person who really stands out as a man in the space who's really trying to impact how we approach menstruation? 
Sure. No, absolutely. It, very accidental. Um, clearly, uh, as, as a young boy, I didn't dream of running a tampon startup, uh, but I was dreaming about making a difference and being an entrepreneur. Uh, it just took me decades to find that space. And it started off, as you very kindly pointed out, in investment banking. Uh, I graduated from MIT. And at that time, in the late 90s, it was consulting or banking that were the coveted jobs. Um, right now, a little bit less so. It's more Netflix, Facebook, Amazon, et cetera. But I, I decided to go into investment banking to learn on Wall Street, actually lived on Wall Street. That's where my apartment was. Uh, did a couple of years there and got promoted with Goldman, and they moved me to London. Uh, but I decided to switch instead of investment banking to go on the other side of finance, which was early stage investing. Uh, Goldman was uh, caught up in the first dot-com boom, uh, which then became a bust by the time I crossed the ocean. Um, and that's where I got a, a first taste of working with early stage startups. And I loved it, but I loved being uh, talking to the founders and the entrepreneurs, being on the other side. So at that point in time, after a couple of years, and it was a dot-com bust, so I was actually a bit of the grim reaper, so to speak, because we had done uh, bad investments. Um, I, so it was closing down companies, firing founders. That told me a, taught me a very valuable lesson about the importance of who your backers are. Uh, very coincidentally, uh, I, uh, one of the commercial offices that I built was taken up temporarily by this gynecologist. He just needed some temporary space and uh, we, we just gelled. We became very good friends. He's a lot older than I am uh, in his mid seventies, but he's still a practicing gynecologist to this day of over 40 years. And I have a lot of respect for doctors and, and getting to know Dr. Alex Hui. He just told me, oh, you know what, Tang? I've been listening to women for many, many, many decades and there just hasn't been enough innovation. Hasn't been enough new products. No one's really innovating in this space. He showed me a prototype. I thought it was a wonderful idea. And there, here we are 10 years later, and, and it finally launched and about to launch uh, more so globally. That is such a great story. I can relate to this. Uh, when you're in gynecology, I mean, you really get to form relationships with your patients and they tell you intimate things about uh, personal subjects, including menstruation. Can you tell us a little about it? Um, you know, how does it work? How is it different? What's it made of? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the name of the product, it's, it does what it says on the tin. 70% um, of women, and we have many thousands of data points here, but 70% of women who use a tampon also wear a panty liner, and especially on their heaviest flow days, because they don't trust the tampon. Mm -hmm. So this issue was something that, Alex had seen with thousands of women over those years. He was like thinking, okay, how come someone hasn't tried to address that? It seems uh, kind of unusual in any other business. If something doesn't work, you fix it as opposed to having to have two separate uh, products. Uh, but, but for Alex, his unusual uh, background too, wasn't just dealing with patients within the UK. He also has especially dealing with refugees and immigrants set settling into the UK. And the reaction from the emerging markets uh, when they see a tampon is a little bit one of fright. They're concerned about hygiene, about whether uh, one is still a virgin, whether it's clean, whether, it, you know, all these issues. And so those two problems between women wearing two products at the same time, but also to have a, a tampon that is... Uh, for emerging markets a little, a little bit more uh, hy hygienic, so to speak, without having to use a plastic applicator. And uh, tampons here, like they are in the US, uh, here in the UK, uh, most women use a plastic applicator first before using a tampon. So with all those uh, kind of issues, Alex thought, you know what, 
there should be a new type of product. So he invented the tamp liner. So again, tampon plus panty liner combined as tamp liner. We have patents in 30 countries, four families of patents. And that took over 10 years to get all over the world, not just in the US, Europe, but India, China, Australia, all those countries. We had to fight for 10 years. Um, the really, really challenging part is building a brand, building trust, building a voice. No one's ever going to buy these products unless you have that reputation. And so that's what we've been working on for years. And that's, that's how the Tampliner came to life. I noticed when I researched the product, it is applicator free, but there's what's called a virtual applicator. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. So we have a tampon and it's connected to a panty liner, but both products are uh, what combines them is what we call a virtual applicator. So this is an FDA approved material. It's a breathable membrane. It's only a third of a human hair. And it's uh, this breathable membrane that connects both products. So what that virtual applicator does is you can now insert a tampon. Now I, it's not that popular here in the UK or the US, but you can insert uh, like the OB tampon, right? You cannot use an applicator, but of course uh, there's issues of, of, of having to wash your hands before or after. This membrane now protects your finger when you insert it, but very uniquely, when you pull the tampon string, it inverts like a flower. And so uh, there is no ch little to no chance of any leakage. So again, it's a two-in-one product that during insertion, you don't have to use a plastic applicator, of which 99% of them are plastic and can't be recycled, of course, because it's come into contact with menstrual blood. So we're talking about hundreds of billions ending up in oceans or landfills. Yeah. But now you... But but, it, but uh, you don't have to use your finger. It's now protected. So it's that two-in-one product. And 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 it also addresses using more uh, materials that are hypoallergenic and more natural and organic. So our tamp liner at this moment is 95% made out of organic cotton. cotton. Uh, but we're working with Imperial University and other great companies to try and improve that virtual applicator to try and make that organic as well. So we're always striving to get to a, a better environmentally uh, friendly product. My patients are always concerned about the organic nature of these products versus worrying about chemicals, toxins, pesticides, dioxin, and that type of thing. One of the things that's so interesting, you pointed out this global patent strategy is having worked in the field of menstrual products for decades at this point, the, the interest and the approach and the comfort with tampons and whether they have an applicator or they're digital the way they were historically referred to them when they don't have the plastic applicator is really geography specific, country specific, culture specific. So it's really interesting to try to figure out how to find something that meets all those needs. It has been a crazy ride for you, it sounds like, and even more so in the past few months with the FDA approval in the US, which I believe was in the last couple of weeks, as well as the recognition of one of Time Magazine's 100 best inventions of 2020, which is incredible. So tell us about that. You had so many big hits in 2020. It probably is hard to get your feedback on the ground. Yeah, thanks very much, Rachel. I, I can't begin to tell you how exciting it is to have gotten Time Magazine's one of their best inventions of the year. Uh, I, I couldn't put into words. It only happened about two weeks ago, so it probably hasn't uh, sunk in. I, I'm not sure it ever will, uh, because the reality, and I, I, it would be disingenuous of me to tell you that it's all rosy and it's been a smooth <laughs> journey. It never, <laughs> ever is. Um, I'll never complain about it. Obviously, there's been some personal challenges as a man in this space, but there's been a lot of journalists and 
papers, magazines, and, and people who just, just with a bit of skepticism, they're wondering, what am I doing in this space? You know, wh wh why am I trying to innovate? You know, what are my intentions? Um, and, uh, you know, despite the fact, uh, I I'll explain to them that it's simple. I am trying to disrupt a market where there is so much dire innovation needed, not just in product but in terms of service, in terms of quality. I mean, the whole, it's like going full circle, Alyssa, you know, uh, once upon a time, tampons were only made out of cotton and then they went somewhere with artificial materials and chemicals to save money. It's all about saving money. Um, and now, you know, finally with astute customers, especially with the young, realizing, you know, it matters what you put inside your body and the environment. Uh, we're using the best materials possible. We're trying to improve on the service as well by a direct-to-consumer approach and we sterilize our tampliners. There's no laws at all in anywhere of the world that requires these products to be sterilized. Well, we, we decided to do that voluntarily. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. So it's been such a really challenging journey. And then suddenly uh, uh, to have time where we were approached by some of their journalists and they asked for samples and they tried it and they told us they loved it. It's just like, you know, you, you almost, are you really, you know, you're, you're shocked <laughs> to me because <laughs> I, I will tell you, one of the challenges we have, and Alyssa, you had mentioned this earlier, there is no one-size-fits-all pro product, right. right? So unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that think, oh, if, if unless the whole world loves it, uh, it it's not going to work. But no, we're absolutely delighted, even if it's only, say, a third of women who use tampliners love our product. We're delighted with that because we hope people will respect that we're trying to innovate in this, this space. Some women like tampons, some women like pads, some women like menstrual cups, but it's about time that there's another option out there. So we, we will never say we're the best product out there. No, but we hope people will respect the fact that we're trying to do our best with a new option and everyone can agree there's a need for innovation. So uh, to back to your question then, Rachel, I will say it's just been absolutely wonderful. And, and that saying, uh, good news comes in buses is very much true for us because the Time Magazine was only two weeks ago and actually the FDA approval was less than a week ago. Uh, this uh, FDA clearance, sorry. But so yeah, no, it's just a strong finish to the year. So you'll have a very happy holiday. What's interesting is from a marketing standpoint, you know, what we love is products that at least some subset are passionate about. We don't, to your point, you don't need every woman on the planet or every menstruator on the planet to love this, but the people who love it, we want them to love it and buy it yeah. and rebuy it and recommend it to their friends. Here's today's hot flash, an astounding statistic. In the US alone, on an annual basis, we see 12 billion pads and 7 million tampons polluting landfills. This is astounding. The sustainability aspect of period products is really something to think about. Absolutely, Rachel. No one wants to sell Magnolia paint. You want lovers or haters. You don't want something that pleases <laughs> everyone because if you do, then you've pleased no one. Uh, we have very, uh, nothing makes us more excited than when we have women writing to us and say, this has changed my life. Thank you so much. You know, I have so much more confidence. I don't have to, you know, on my heaviest flow days, I don't have to worry about, oh gosh, where's the nearest bathroom or this? They just feel a lot more confident. That's just music to, to our ears. But at the same time, we have people who think this is just still an April Fool's joke. So so, uh, but, that's, but that makes certainly life more interesting and fun. And I think that's going to be really interesting for us, how we uh, develop that market uh, and go to market strategy, particularly in the U.S., because every region is different. 
I am curious, um, Tang, the FDA, what was the issue with such a difficult approval um, seeing as, you know, tampons have been approved for quite some time of all different varieties. What was the big uh, hurdle there? Yeah, one would hope that uh, tampons have been uh, approved for obviously many decades, but ours is a completely new product. It's half in, half out, of course. And in the most sensitive region uh, of a woman's body, we now have this virtual applicator. Now, we very consciously chose FDA-approved materials already to use, but still the combination of it all uh, was, is a bit of a challenge. And I, I will tell you, uh, one thing is that uh, tampons are obviously implantable. Right, but then we have an external part, but then all the tests that they require, they still want you to evaluate the entire product, even though some of the product is external to the body. So it, it just, it, so many challenges and it did take years, a substantial amount of time and cost. Um, that's what happens with anything new. Uh, but luckily just last week, it was uh, a wonderful Christmas present we've gotten. My guess is it will be uh, super popular and well worth the time. This is the most unique product I've seen come out for women's health in quite some time. I'm, I'm only imagining what must be coming down the pipeline for you guys. Do you have other things uh, brewing? You might find this hard to believe, but I think every product can be improved. Um, you know, uh, one thing I'll, I'll tell you about organic cotton, of course, it's hypoallergenic. It's got a lot of uh, good benefits, but it's not that environmental friendly. You know, there are other alternatives like hemp or bamboo. There's all sorts of other materials that we think should be uh, perhaps incorporated uh, that are a little bit more sustainable. So all of the other products, we're talking pads and panty liners, there's, there's opportunities there to improve that. Uh, I mentioned also with the service, the service is dreadful for women having to buy these products. What, do, what does a woman usually do she has to go to cvs or walmart or boots she buys a whole box of super tampons a whole box of regular tampons and a whole box of pa uh, panty liners how come no one is using automation and robotics to try and get exactly what a woman might want that to be better for the environment and uh, it, it just it's just so much more efficient so uh the, just the service uh, side of things and but also the messaging as you know uh the messaging is a little bit too focused on uh, shame on you if you're not that uh, white woman who's athletic and smiles at a time and ro ro roller skates and, and believes uh, me menstrual blood looks like blue liquid, right? There, there's a lot more uh, kind of diversity, inclusion, and, and truth that needs to be out there. So as I said, service, product, quality, and messaging, these are all the things we're doing. But I, I will just take this brief opportunity to tell you, Alyssa, though, that the most exciting space for us is uh, getting into uh, IVF. Okay, and uh, what uh, IVF possibly into HRT because right now the it's a miserable experience for 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 yeah. women trying to go through IVF. On average, as you know, it's a three hundred to four hundred yeah. injections of progesterone. Yeah. Why don't you deliver that progesterone directly into the vagina? Well, it's it leaks. Merck has a progesterone gel which leaks. It's uncomfortable, but we have a leak-free product. So earlier at the beginning of this year, we did get U.S. and European grants for our product, the template should be used as a drug delivery device. And so IVF is a wonderful space. Can you imagine if we go to women and say, you know what, you can reduce your number of needles, just use a tamp liner with progesterone. I, I think that's kind of uh, priceless, just, to, the, just the trauma of having to self-inject hundreds. If we can help in that way, that's a wonderful space. So that's, that's one big thing. Yeah. So, 
you you were you said something earlier that always made me laugh. I was always looking for the woman who was in the full white bodysuit doing ballet on the beach who was menstruating. You know, I never quite met her anywhere than a, on a TV screen. You've mentioned a, a number of things about your commitment, your mission, your focus on sustainability. And one of the things that has been such an amazing and delightful trend or behavior that I've seen in companies focused around women's sexual and reproductive health is they want to build for-profit organizations. And part of the reason they want to do that, besides to build something successful and meet a need, is so they have the opportunity to engage in social entrepreneurship and donate some of their profits or the, the um, fruits of their labor into other areas of need related to women's health. So tell us for you how that translates with the Founders Pledge, what that is and what your motivation was to be a part of that. We're very proudly a certified B Corp. And a B Corp is a type of company most famous is Patagonia, where it is still for profit. But we do believe that there's that triple bottom line. How can you benefit consumers, the environment, but also the companies? So as a certified B Corp, our articles of our association are not just like any other for-profit company. It's in our rules that we have to consider our, our uh, communities, the environment, and our suppliers, and our reputation, and every decision that we do, and not just our shareholders. So with that guiding light, we very proudly offer, uh, and it's in our rules, that we give at least 1% of our revenues, right, to, to charities, to charities supporting women and children. I'm very proud that we've been averaging 3% ever since we launched. And that just feels just the right thing to do. Not, not just good for business, but it's good business. Let us, let, let make, let's make that the rules of how we operate. And then um, the Founders Pledge, which you kindly mentioned, that's something separate. So I have signed a legal document that if this is spectacularly successful and I personally have a windfall, I've already identified a percentage of my, my gain and signed it off for charities that are very close to me. So it's just, um, uh, you know, I don't, as you guys, uh, I'm sure are well aware, the, the world is, is not heading toward a very good place um, and politicians are, aren't going to fix it. So uh, I think p uh, businesses have to take charge and that we want to be one of those, however small it might be, we want to make a difference. And for those people who aren't familiar with the B Corp, that also is a process. There are a lot of choices and investments you have to make in order to get that certification, which means something. It signals to the world that you have created a business that follows a number of important guidelines and, and standards. The biggest thing that has helped out of, out of all of it is it helps us attract talent because talent is the most important thing for any business. You don't have the right team. It doesn't matter what your idea is. It doesn't matter if you had a cure for cancer. You need to have the right people. And I think a lot of people find us because they love that we're not just hopefully going to be successful, but we're making a difference. So being a B Corp is that badge that's hard to get, but it's all well worth it. Fascinating and so admirable. So how can people learn more about you and the product and uh, what's coming down the pike? And, and I'm sure there's plenty of education uh, that goes along with your product. Well, truth be told, Rachel, I'm going to need a lot of your help. <laughs> you know, we just got uh, FDA clearance and we, we have to think about our U.S. strategy. The U.S. is obviously the largest single tampon market in the world. And, uh, you know, unlike uh, here in, in the U.K. where, uh, you know, people are perhaps are a little bit more conservative. I think in the U.S. that's somewhere where we think we could have a lot of organic growth because it's going to spread by word of mouth. And so, uh, you know, if people wanted to find out more about us, obviously a debt of gratitude 
to Time Magazine and, and to you guys for, for being willing to, to, to interview me. I think uh, hopefully naturally it'll come because there hasn't been that much innovation. Uh, there, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, innovation in the period panty space, right? And a lot of innovation in organic cotton tampons and products, but uh, we have a completely new product, the tamp liner. So, um, that, that, that's what we still have to figure out. So, uh, but I, I think the usual things, obviously, but at the same time, unfortunately, oh, I might get in trouble with this. We prefer not to give all our money to Mark Zuckerberg, to, to, but that's obviously uh, one way to build awareness. But I think it's, it's aligning ourselves with champions of, of women's health and inclusivity and diversity, of which you both, you, you guys are. So uh, great to be here. And I, it's, just, it's my job to try and just spread the word and we'll see what happens. Kang, thank you so much for being here. Both Alyssa and I have had the pleasure of meeting you and getting to know you in person uh, prior to COVID. So it's been wonderful to watch this journey that you've been on. You know, as you said, it takes 10 years to be an overnight sensation, but here you are. Uh, so congratulations and we wish you continued growth and success. Don't forget, subscribe to our podcast at businessofthev.com for the latest trends and trendsetters in women's health and business.